0: Well, again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped with our worship services. Uh, for Crystal Posey, who was our liturgist this morning, uh, for our faith ringers who have been rehearsing and recording um, in the recent weeks, um, thank you for your uh, your commitment and your offering in music as well. For our praise team who has continued to offer music and, uh, and, and offer that um, in service to our worship services. For Gary Brubaker, who has edited all of our music and put that together, um, also thanks to uh, Stephen Wilhelm, um, who's been helping me to edit our uh, our complete worship services as we um, as we share those and upload those. Um, thank you, thank you to all of those who have helped to put these together. And um, again, if you are interested in sharing anything, if you'd like to be a liturgist or share a piece of special music, or perhaps you have a prayer or a testimony that you'd like to share, um, we'd love to have that be a part of our service. And if you're not sure how to record your own, uh, your own items, we will set up a time that you can come here and record as you're comfortable or uh, we'll figure things out. So, um, so thank you. Again, we are in this series, um, Finding, Seeking, Creating. You know, if anybody else has a better title for this, I just haven't come up with anything else. But we're talking about this changing world that we live in. Um, And especially right now, we have been experiencing this change pretty dramatically. And it can be very uncomfortable. And so when we're in the middle of change, it can usually be easy to focus on what we don't have it can be easy to become cynical um, or easy to slip into despair now it's okay to acknowledge it's okay to acknowledge bad feelings or negative feelings or uncomfortable feelings that's okay to acknowledge them it's also okay that we can look for something else so we talked about our saints last week We'll talk about joy, and peace, and thanksgiving. And guess what? I bet we'll even find them. But if we can't, we'll talk about how we can create it. And so today, we remember joy. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Um, I think it was—I don't know—it was about a month or so ago, um, maybe a little bit longer. I met with um, Kathy Eden and Gary and Jody Brewbaker, um, and we were talking about the the themes. Um, and the music for the upcoming services for November and for Advent and for Christmas, uh, and what it was that we wanted to say and and offer, and what we needed. And um, I felt this for a very long time, uh, and I I talked about this in our our conversation together, that November is kind of a weird month. Um, It's kind of a hard month uh, when, when I think about putting sermon series together. Because you have All Saints Day, which is usually, which is always at the beginning of the month. And so you have that Sunday. And then you usually have Thanksgiving Sunday. And then Advent falls really quickly behind that. So there's really usually only a couple of weeks. So I've usually had a hard time thinking about what kind of a series do you put together for November. And then this year, the year 2020. Um, in the middle of all of the other changing things that have happened is, uh, was an election year. And um, I think we've probably all known that at least since 2016, that this would be a contentious election. I think they've been probably growing, been growing contentio- more contentious as the years have gone. And so I struggled with what, what do you say in that? What words of hope are needed, or, or what? What do you do? And so I said, here here are the themes that I think that we're going to work with. Um, We're going to work with saints, of course, um, but I think we need to talk about joy, and peace, and thanksgiving. And I think, um, I think some of the the response back was, how is that going to work? which is a great question. Uh, and so this week um, was my monthly meeting with my covenant group. Um, my covenant group, they're um, other clergy, and uh, we've been getting together for probably about, oh, I don't know, about 10, 12 years now. Um, and we get together once a month, and um, since the pandemic, we've been meeting virtually. Um, so we just share about what's going on in our lives and in our ministries and joys, frustrations, and um uh, in, in the, at one point in the conversation, somebody said, so who's preaching on Sunday and and what are you going to preach on? And we talked about it. And will we address the election? Uh, will we talk about COVID? Will we talk about racism? Is there something else entirely? And I, And I think we all sort of admitted that we're feeling pretty weary ourselves. And so I was like, Oh, I'm preaching on joy. Um, And I'm pretty sure that the response from everybody around there was, What? Uh, How is that gonna work? Great question. And, you know, maybe you're feeling that too. Um, I think in the middle of all the tension and anxiety that we're all experiencing, from different places and facets. It may be part of the pandemic or the election, or maybe there's some family issues that you have or issues at work. We're all feeling some tension and anxiety. And and to say, let's talk about joy in the middle of that might feel wrong to you. You may not want to. You may not feel like it. And I want you to know that that is completely and absolutely okay. It's strange. And also, I think it is a central part of our faith to look for it, to find it, and when we can't, to work on creating it. So I think that uh, when we talk about joy, we have to talk about what joy isn't, before we talk about what joy is, so first, what joy isn't. Joy, so what joy isn't. First, joy isn't, joy isn't the same thing as happiness. Happiness and joy are different things. Happiness is more of a temporary feeling and, and joy is just different joy can be happy but happiness is not joy joy isn't um it isn't necessarily giddiness like it's not it's not that um happy clappy all the time that's not joy joy isn't naive it's also not immature and joy isn't really celebratory. So these are what joy, these are the things that joy isn't. Because joy is, is so much more than all of those things. Joy is, is just deeper. And where happiness may be temporary, joy is more eternal or permanent. Joy is, joy is wisdom. Joy is sacred and deeply holy. Joy is also resistance. Joy is really, it's just a different way of viewing the universe and all of creation, really. Joy can embrace the fullness of our human experience all at the same time. And joy recognizes the challenges of life and embraces them as part of it all. Joy looks at the fragility of life and says, enjoy what you have. When I think about how to, uh, how to view life and life experiences, um, I think that there's, there's kind of three, three ways to do that. Um, and I think that there's there's like the light version, and this might be the happy version. And you can look at life and see nothing but sunshine and roses, that everything is wonderful and great. It's I mean, maybe it's at the Pollyanna or the overly optimistic, and that can be a very happy and delightful way of looking. And it's probably also a little naive because... Things aren't great all the time. I mean, are people happy all the time? So you can go the opposite direction then too and and look at life as nothing but tragedy and just awful and become cynical or even despairing about it, that everything is terrible or meaningless or awful. And that's a really, really bleak and depressing way of looking at life. Because is life all bad? I mean, the truth is, is that it's not all good and it's not all bad. It's both of those things. Yes, bad things might happen and good things might happen. And both may be present at the same time. Frederick Buechner, who is a theologian, uh, one of his quotes is one of my favorites. He says, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. Now this both and, I think this is what joy is. It's looking at the world and it's beautiful and terrible and wonderful. And here we are. Our passage from the letter to the church at Philippi um, is, uh, is one that um, it starts in the very beginning by addressing this conflict between two leaders of the church, between these two women and I, I find that so fascinating that in this letter, as Paul is talking about the relationships and relationships of the church, and then he goes on to talk about joy and finding joy, but first he addresses that there is this conflict happening and he knows about it. Now, how he knows about it, we don't know. I would kind of like, um, you know, like a reality show to find out why. But anyway, um, we don't know why, but he does. And he says... I know that this is happening. He doesn't ignore it. He doesn't choose sides. He doesn't say, well, I lean a little bit more here, but over here, it's kind of bad too. So, you know, he doesn't choose sides. Just simply says, I know what's happening. He doesn't encourage more fighting. He doesn't say, work it out, get it all out. He doesn't say, keep arguing about this. He acknowledges what's happening and acknowledges that both of these women are part of the ongoing work of sharing the gospel and they have an important role. And then he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because joy is found even in conflict. Not joy in conflict, not something different. Joy through the Lord in the middle of all things. I think that right now, there is a lot of judgment passed for a number of things. And to be honest, some of it may be well earned. I mean, there are a lot of things that do need to be called out like racism and white supremacy and sexism and even a lack of care of our neighbor. There are some things that need to be called out and addressed and those things that we can call out in love. And there are some things that maybe we need to remember that we're just doing the best we can. We also like to really find out and decide who might be right and who might be wrong. Which of the women was it? Who's right and who's more right? And we spend a lot of energy around this. And if that's where your energy is going, well, it's no wonder we're not finding joy. What you see is what you get. If you're looking for danger, you're going to find it. If you're looking for disagreements, you're going to find it. If you're looking for people who are doing things wrong, you're going to find them. If you're looking for bad things to happen, you will find them. If you're looking for people who will betray you, You will find them. No, those things may happen and will happen, even if you're not looking for them. But they definitely will if that's all you're looking for. So what if we took that energy and we flipped it? What if you looked for the people who helped others? Or what if you looked for those moments of delights What if you looked for friends? If you look for them, you'll find them for sure. Life is so unpredictable and life is so fragile. How do you want to spend your life? I mean, because we all have a choice in what to focus on. We have a choice in how we spend our life how we spend our energy. And it's also not an either or. You aren't just one thing. And joy encompasses all things. Uh, I met with a woman once who was facing a serious surgery and she was so nervous and scared and she was emotional with me talking about her fears and her worries. And her daughter came up beside us. And her daughter was about four, four or five years old. And She came up next to us and she started jumping and clapping. And the mom finally turned to her daughter and said, what are you doing? And her daughter said, well, Pastor Melissa is going to need to talk to Jesus about this and it's late, so it's past his bedtime, and I'm trying to wake him up. Joy looks at worries and says, you're here, and also here is a peace that passes understanding. I was visiting with a woman who was in hospice in the last days of her life. And as I visited with her, um, her son was so tenderly taking care of her um, and making sure that she was eating and drinking. He was feeding her and and wiping the corners of her mouth and and offering her water and so tender and gentle. And we were talking about her feelings about the end of life and planning her funeral. and when all of the sudden she very suddenly and very loudly passed gas. And there was this moment and she finally looked at her son and she goes, oh my gosh, that's so disgusting. Why would you do that in front of Pastor Melissa? And her son stammered and like his face turned bright red and she just burst out laughing And she said, just because I'm planning my funeral doesn't mean that I can't still do ordinary things like blaming you on my toots. Joy looks at pain and says, hope is here too. I did a funeral once of a man, of a woman, um, her husband. He, they had been married for about 68 years. And after the service was over and we'd concluded the graveside and everybody had sort of left, I, I usually try and wait as long as I can before leaving. Um, before leaving, And the funeral director was ready to go, and, and this man just was standing next to a grave just looking. And after about 15 minutes, the funeral director said, should uh, should one of us go talk to him? And I said, "Oh, just give him a few more minutes. I mean, his wife of sixty eight years just died. And so we we stood there giving him his space, and after about ten more minutes, the funeral director just kind of nudged me and said, "You go talk to him." And so um, I walked up next to him, and I said do you, do you need anything?" And he sort of uh, looked embarrassed. And he said, well, yes, actually I do. Um, Do you know how to do laundry? Because I don't, and I have a stain on my pants, and I was hoping everyone would think I'm just over here grieving and not notice the stain on my pants. But since you asked, how do I get this stain out of my pants? Joy looks at death and says, wonder is here too. Now we're in a world that is anxious about many things and those fears may be valid. And joy is present. And may we let joy be the louder voice because life is fragile. And so we enjoy it when we can. We've been looking at Ecclesiastes in our Tuesday Bible study, talking about um, meaningless, meaningless, it's all meaningless. And eat, drink, and be merry because we have today. Or from our passage, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Joy helps us reframe our experience of life. Joy says, life is hard. Why should we make it harder? Joy says that life is fragile. So maybe spend time finding delight There's a book called the Talmud, and it's a a collection of teachings on Jewish laws and Jewish teachings. And there's a, a quote from there that says, A person will be called to account on Judgment Day for every permissible thing they may have enjoyed, but did not. What if you were held accountable for all of the things you didn't Enjoy that you could have. What aren't you enjoying? Why? What's stopping you? Let joy be your guide. May you look for joy. May you find it. And if you can't, Well, maybe let's create it together. Amen.